0: Today is like the biggest, it should be like the biggest day of celebration ever on the planet. Oh, ever on the planet. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I mean, it is true. Today we celebrate the greatest victory that has ever happened. Did y'all know that? I don't know about you but uh I love an underdog story anybody else you know I normally going into like Super Bowl and that kind of thing I'm like so who's the underdog because that's who I'm going Boy. for right whoever the underdog is that's what i'm that's what I'm looking at so so I love an underdog story and I especially love matter of fact some of you that are razorback fans you'll know that that the last um this year, we had a couple of those that were like last second wins. Anybody? You know what I'm talking about? Like right at the last second, they pull it off or they don't. Right? Right? And and you know what I'm talking about? It's one of those that you watch it and And you're kind of glad nobody's watching you because, like, you're standing in the living room, screaming at the television, and then you're dancing on the couch. Come on. Come on. Be honest. Right? Right? I love those kinds of last-minute wins. Matter of fact, check, check this out. I, I just found, I found a couple. 61, 59, you gotta love it. They're checking the monitor. Baskets good, Wildcats win. First one is 60, right? Yeah. 61, 59, great call. I mean, last second. to go okay. Mason, the pull up jumper, yes! 1.8. Jackson winbound inbound. Matt Jones, and Kansas will win it. I love this. Seconds to play. Down the floor, Cody. He beat the buzzer. And the crowd goes wild. Right? What's this? Yeah. Empty the stands. Right. I mean, I love those kind of things. And, and you know what? Every believer around the world today should be doing that. Oh, come on. We should be doing that. I mean, like clear the stands, jump in the aisles. I mean, like having the party of a lifetime. This is the greatest victory ever. The greatest victory ever. And, and, and I'm just gonna tell you, um, it's worth celebrating. It's worth celebrating. You know, we get all fired up about those momentary wins and we're like, whoa, look at that. And a week later, we're like, oh, look at that. Man, this is like a win for eternity, y'all. Right? I mean, it is, it is amazing. It is the day that changed all of history. Changed all of history. It is, we are celebrating today <laughs> the fact. That love wins. Love wins. I mean, love really wins. And see, we might not get as excited as we should when I say, love wins, you know. They're like, Notre Dame wins, wah, Razorbacks win, yeah, and, you know, and then, and then love wins, Woo. Part of, our, part of our problem is when I say love wins, in, in our culture, we've made love mean a lot of different things. We've we kind of watered down what love is, you know, and, and we've made it a lot of things that it's not, you, you know, and, and we've kind of made it like more an emotional thing than, than anything else. I mean, let's face it, <laughs> we're like, oh, I love this cheeseburger, I love it. This cheeseburger is amazing. I love this cheeseburger, right? I love apple pie and ice cream. Anybody? Did I tell you I've been up a while? I'm hungry already, right? I love apple pie and ice cream. I just love it, man. I love the smell of that new car. Love, oh, Love it. And oh, yeah, by the way, baby, I love you. <laughs> baby, I love you just like a cheeseburger, right? <laughs> right? That's kind of what we've done with love. You're like, oh, baby, I love a cheeseburger. I love you too. You know, it's all the same. And it's lost some of its gravity, some of the weight. That love really is. And Really what love is all about. We've kind of made it, like I said, more of a feeling. I mean, think about some of the great huh, love songs, you know. I mean, I'm an 80s rock and roller, you know. Uh, just can't fight this feeling anymore. <laughs> Come on, right? Right? You know, once, twice, three times. I mean, I just love, I love old, you know. And, and, and then maybe you know this one. You make I'm gonna make you feel my love. I want you to feel my love. Just feel it, you know, like a cheeseburger. Just feel it. I mean, uh, we kind of have watered it down, but I want you to know. That only the only true love is love that comes from the source of love. See, God is love, He's not just has love, God doesn't have love, He is love. All that He is is love. Are y'all hearing me? I mean, he is love. So anything outside of him as the source is a counterfeit. Come on. You know, it's like a cheeseburger. Unless it's from him. Unless he is the source. And he defined love differently than a cheeseburger, right? I, I, I mean, he did. Matter of fact, 1 Corinthians says it like this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't act kind. It is kind. It doesn't act patient. It is patient. It does not envy. That means it celebrates what others have. Love does not boast and is not proud. It does not dishonor others. That means love honors others. It, does, it, it, it is not self-seeking. In other words, it is selfless. Come on. Love is selfless. It's selfless. It does not get angry easily. It's not easily angered because it's patient. It keeps no record of wrong. Remember that time? Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. I love this. It doesn't say it rejoices in the truth. It says it rejoices with, because truth is a person. Oh, come on. And his name's Jesus, y'all. Come on. He's the way, the what? Truth. That's right. It rejoices with the truth, because the only way you got this kind of love is if you're with the truth. It always protects, always trusts. Always hopes, always preserves. Love, oh, 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 I, I should have stopped right there. It always preserves. Always, always, always. If you look at that, that's God's definition of his kind of love. Right? That's what real love is. Real love he is the source of. And real love is is expressed through all of these types of things. It is those kinds of things. And so I want you to write this down. I've said this before. Did y'all get your notes? Please pull out your notes, all right, and write this down. Love must be expressed. It is not love if it is not expressed. It's just a feeling. You can have feelings that are never expressed. Come on, y'all. Right? But love must be expressed because love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious, doesn't have to have its own way. It must be what? Oh, come on. Don't make me preach this over and over. It must be what? It must be expressed. Love gives. It is selfless. See, I love a cheeseburger because it pleases me. It pleases me. I like it because it does something for me. But that's not love. That's I like it. I like it. Real love is always expressed to somebody else. We real love is never about me. Come on, it's never about me. Matter of fact, I heard this phrase a couple months ago, and we were in our uh, in our small group and in our circle, and. And uh, the guy on the video said this, and it has been working on me for months. I was going to speak the whole time on it, but I, I felt like the Lord was like, no, that's going to be for later. But he made this statement. He said that God's love is incredibly inefficient. It's incredibly inefficient. See, we want love to be efficient. I love you, and in return, it benefits me. Anybody else like that in the room besides me? Come on. God's love is so inefficient, he just loved knowing the return wasn't going to be very good. Does that make sense? He just expressed his love, and it really had nothing to do with what he was going to get back. Is that amazing? That's heavy when you think about it. It was not a calculated love. It was a poured out love, just I'm going to give it, and I really hope they receive it, but I don't care. I'm still going to give it. Are y'all hearing me? It, it is. It is not selfish. God is love. He is the, the only source of real love. He is the only source. Um, and God so loved that he gave. Everybody say he gave. He didn't just give a small token. He gave his best. Here's what's cool. How many of you believe that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are all equally together? So if God the Father is love, guess what? God the Son is love, and God the Holy Spirit is what? Love. They are all the presence or the essence. Nothing flows out of them that is not love it that's what it's all about is his love and he loved so much and the son loved so much that they gave their best and love came into this world for 33 years to be ridiculed to be hated to be talked about, to be shunned. Love gave himself to serve, to heal, to deliver, to free people from their bondage. Love gave hope. Love gave healing. Love gave a future. And then love was arrested. And love was mocked. And love was beaten with the cat of nine tails 39 times that whip with nine strands of leather that were woven with rock and bone and glass shredded the body of love until it was unrecognizable. And love. Did not open his mouth. They spit on love. They slapped love in the face. They pulled out chunks of his beard. A crowd of thorns was pounded down on love itself. And love poured out with every drop of blood. Love poured himself out on the ground with blood. And then love died. And he died of a broken heart. His heart literally exploded within his chest. It exploded out of love. It exploded out of the weight of his love and the weight of my sin. It exploded in his chest. And when they went to make sure he was dead and stuck the spear in his side... Blood and water flowed out because his heart had just exploded. And at that moment, all of hell had a party. Biggest party they've ever had. As they laid love in that tomb, hate had won. Death had won. Destruction had had literally overcome love. And it was such a party. Now, this is my, this is how I see it. It was such a party for darkness. It was such a party for every demon in hell that the skies grew black when love took his last breath. And the party that was going on in the, in the rulers of darkness was unequaled. Because they finally, they had tried for years, and they finally took out love. But there's a problem. <laughs> because real love always wins. Come on, right? Real love always wins. The power of love raised up that body out of the grave. Amen? The power of love rolled that stone away. Real love said, "Uh uh-uh, not today, devil. You may have been waiting yesterday, but not today, not anymore. Right? And love came out of that grave alive, overcoming my death. Love won over my death. Love one over my hell. Love one over my grave. Oh, come on. Do y'all believe that? Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's so cool. And see, part of what we struggle with today is we're like, yeah, I see Jesus before his death. I I see all the expressions of love that he was when he healed people and talked with people and hung out with kids and let them sit on his lap and, you know, and and he cast out demons and he did all of those great things. but, But what about after? What was love like after the resurrection? What was the expression of love like after it came out of the grave? Because can I tell you, it was a little different after. It was. It was. But it was different in a really good way. Right? I mean, what did it look like? How did love resurrected engage with people? Because, see, the way he engaged with people after the resurrection is the way he wants to engage with us today. Did y'all know that? The resurrected king of the universe wants to hang out with you. Wants to express love to you. Do y'all believe that? He wants to express his love for you. So we're going to read some scriptures and we're going to look at how does, the, how does the resurrected Jesus, how does love resurrected huh, want to engage with us. And so we're going to read. Are you all ready to read the Word? All right. We're going to read in John chapter 20. And I would encourage you to go ahead and find John chapter 20. All right. We're going to read a few scriptures. And we're going to start out. This is right after the resurrection. Right above this, they have run to the tomb and they have realized his body is not there. He has risen, right? And then, verse 11 now, Mary stood outside the tomb crying. You got to understand, this was Mary who Jesus had freed from demonic oppression, from demonic possession. This is Mary who was dead in darkness and love rescued her. Are y'all hearing me? Brought her back to life in him. And so Mary stood outside the tomb crying. And, And as she wept, she bent over and she looked into the tomb. and She saw two angels in white sitting there. Setting where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and one at the foot. They ask her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she says, and I don't know where they've put him. And at this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize that it was Jesus. I, I wonder if you can write this down. Um, oh hey, let me read the rest of it, all right? And he asked her, woman, why, why are you crying this is Jesus? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking that he was a gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Write this down Love wins over loss. This woman had lost a lot. When she saw Jesus, the one that had raised her up from her bondage, have given her life where she deserved death, and now her hope is dead. Her Savior is dead. And she is carrying with some of the other women She's carrying linens and spices because they weren't able to prepare his body before the Passover, before Sabbath. And so so now she's coming on that Sunday morning and she is going to prepare the body of the man that had given her life. Given her identity back. And she is at a loss. And she is hurting. And she is crying. And she is like, I don't know how I'm going to go on. I just am going to prepare his body. And then she gets there and she's like, no, I can't even bury him. My loss is now loss." I've lost him, and now I don't even, now I've lost him to the point that I can't even bury him. There's no closure here. And she is weeping and crying at her loss. She is hurting. She is hurting so bad, she does not recognize (laughs) that her hope, is standing right there. I was like, you know what? That is so us. That is so us today. So many times we get so focused on the loss. We get so focused on the grief, on the pain, on what could have been. On the loss of a loved one or the loss of whatever, just name it. We get so focused on the loss that we cannot even see our way out. We can't even see. We're so focused on the crisis. Right? We're so focused on what's happening right now that we don't realize that the answer to our loss is standing right here. And she's like, he's, there's a gardener here. Maybe he took him. There's a gardener here. Maybe, maybe he took him. And she was so focused on her loss. I know that's some of us in the room. We get so focused on the crisis. So focused on the loss. That we forget. <laughs> that the resurrected expression of love. Is right here. Right here. And I love this. I absolutely love this. Because then the very next Verse, look at this. And Jesus said to her, Mary, Mary, in the middle of her loss, love called her by name. Let that soak in. And he did it in a personal way. It wasn't like, hey, are you Mary? It wasn't like Mary. No. It was a way he had addressed her multiple times. And she is weeping and crying. To the degree that she doesn't even recognize Jesus is standing there. And with one word, love said, Mary, like, it's me. I'm right here. Hey, Mary. I don't know if you you see the magnitude of that. That at that moment, love didn't die for an obscure world. For those people out there somewhere. Love came back to life for Mary. Do y'all see that? (laughs) Love met Mary in the middle of her loss. And as soon as she heard her name. She turned around, and she cried out, Rabbi, which means teacher, you're him. How in the world can this be? But love met her in her loss. I want you to write this down. Love knows your name and cares. Love knows your name. And today, love's going David, (laughs) Jennifer, Morgan. I'm right here, John. I'm right here. I'm here. And I know you've experienced some loss, but I am what you need right now. And I'm here in the middle of it. It's interesting to me that the resurrected Jesus restored to Mary what was lost. But what he restored to her looked different than what she had lost. Matter of fact, the very next verse, verse 17, <laughs> Mary is so excited, she jumps up and starts to give him a hug. And he's like, no, not yet. Not yet. You can't hug me right now because it's different right now. He's like, I, I haven't gone to the Father yet, so just Just wait. So what got in, I thought about this because I know we've, we have experienced loss. We all have. I've experienced loss of uh, family members. I've experienced loss of friends, even this week. I, I've experienced loss. You know, we experience loss You know, 13 years ago on Easter Sunday, you guys remember, I mentioned this last week, but we were all out cleaning up our neighbor's yards and stuff, right? Because there was loss. But I was thinking about it. God restored to my family, even though there was loss, houses were lost, cars were lost, clothing was lost, and God restored to us Everything that was lost and more, right? He gave us more than we had before. He gave us better than we had before because he's a God that restores. Love wants to restore. But you know what? It wasn't the same house. It wasn't the same clothes. It wasn't the same. It looked different. Right? Right? It looked different, but it was still amazing because when he restores your loss, it may look different, but how many of you can say, it can still be great? I don't know who that's for this morning, but somebody needs to hear that. He wants to meet you in your loss and restore what's been taken by the enemy. All of hell is having a party because you have lost. <laughs> but love says, not today, devil. Not today. No, not, not today. All right? Are y'all with me? Well, then, uh, write, write this down. Love wins over fear. Love wins over fear. If we just continue a couple verses down, they're still in chapter 20 of the book of John. Um, you'll see, we're going to read the verse, verse 19. It says this, on the evening of the first day of the week, when the, when the disciples were together with the doors, what? Oh, come on. The doors were? And why were they locked? Because of fear of the Jewish leaders, all right? They were scared. They were scared. They were like, "Um, well, they killed Jesus. We watched him die. They killed him. They know who we are. They know we've been hanging out with them. They could come after us to kill us. So they were scared. So what they do? They went in the house, and they locked themselves in because they were afraid. There was fear. There was fear, all right? So they were hiding in a house, and there was fear. Now let's read the whole context, all right? I'm going to start over. It says, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, With the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus, everybody say what, came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Okay, the dead guy just showed up. I've got a lot of things, but peace is not one of them. Come on, right? Let's be real. They were not being super spiritual. They were hiding because they were afraid. There was fear that they might die too. All right? And, and, and Jesus walks in. I can just say, I just see, he walks in. The doors are locked, so he walks through the walls. That's right. He walks through the walls or through the locked door and says, Hey, guys. <laughs> Peace, homeboy. <laughs> You know, I, I mean, peace, peace be with you. And they're like, what? Right? I, I, I love, I love it. I, I love that. Um, and, and then let's read, let's read on. After he said this, he showed them his hands inside. The disciples were what? Overjoyed. One translation, there was much joy. All right, when they saw the Lord, again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, remember this, I am sending what? You. You you got to remember that. We're going to come back to that. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive The Holy Spirit. He breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. So, write this down. I hope you got your notes. Write this down. Resurrected love brought peace, joy, and the Holy Spirit. Resurrected, how does the resurrected love express himself after he has died on a cross and comes back to life? Well, he brought where there was fear. He brought peace. Where there was fear, he brought what? Joy. Joy. Where there was fear, he brought what? The Holy Spirit to give them what they needed. All of, I mean, they were scared. They were scared. And I get it. Today, in the world that we live in, it's so easy. To be afraid. It's so easy to live in fear and anxiety. You know, I I mean, look around. There's plenty to be afraid of. There's plenty to be afraid of. I mean, there is. The enemy would love for us to be so afraid that we go hide in a room and lock the door. That's what the enemy wants. He wants us to go to be so afraid, to be so afraid of what might happen around the world with wars and conflicts when you watch the news, to be so anxious and and afraid of what will happen with the next virus that comes along. The enemy would love for us to be paralyzed with fear like the disciples were, that We are so afraid of what what might happen with the economy, what might happen with my job. I'm afraid of what might happen with my family. I'm afraid of what might happen with my marriage and my my kids. Can I just reassure you of this fact? That love resurrected will walk through your walls and locked doors and say, peace. 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 I want to give If you're going to do it, do it. Come on. Come on. He will walk through the walls of steel that you have built and fortified yourself in, and he'll say, peace. Don't you know I overcame death? I can overcome whatever it is you're scared of. I am peace, I am peace, I am peace, I am joy. Matter of fact, you you can write that down. The resurrected, if you didn't write it down, the resurrected love, it brought peace and joy And the Holy Spirit. That's who he is. And then in verse 21, we read it. I love this. The resurrected Jesus, resurrected love. (laughs) He he won't let us hide out in the lock room. (laughs) He won't let us stay there. Isn't that what he said in verse 21? He said, my daddy sent me out, so now you got to go out. You can't stay here. No, no, I am. I am your peace, I am your joy. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit to give you everything you need to face whatever you're going to face. Now get out of the room. Come on, I, I am not going to let you stay there. I'm going to. I. My Father sent me. Now I am sending you, because it's not love. See, it was like this. I am love expressed. Jesus said. I've expressed my love to you. (laughs) Now you go express it. And you can't express it locked in a room. Because it's not real love if you're just thinking about your neighbors. Oh, I'm going to think about you. That's not love. Love get out of the room and go mow their yard. Come on. Love, get out of the room and go build a ramp. Not just talk about it. Oh, they're going to have plenty of people. He said, no. Well, but I'm afraid. I might be awkward. I don't care. Do it afraid. Right? Do you think just because Jesus said peace that all of a sudden, miraculously, nobody was anxious about being killed? No, I believe it was when they stepped out in faith from behind the locked doors that the Holy Spirit was like, see here, you're not dead yet, keep going. You're not dead yet, keep going. Come on, right? As they begin to walk out their faith, man, that's a whole nother message. I better better jump back on this, all right? It's so, so good because love must be expressed. It must be expressed. It must be. And when, here's what I've learned. When we express love to others, because he has expressed his love to us, when we express love to others, guess what happens to my fears? My anxiety. It begins to fade away. Because I'm no longer focused on me. I'm focused on them. I'm focused on them. And that's why Jesus said, You can't, you can't stay here. Hmm. Because love does not give us the spirit of fear. And fear is a spirit. And he does not give us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a what? sound mind and he says perfect love does what cast out fears that's right Jesus wants to meet us in the middle the resurrected Jesus wants to meet us in the middle of our fears and get us focused on others so our fears can go away come on that's what he wants That's what he's, they're like, yeah, but I might die. Yeah, you might die sitting in a room too. Just go. That's That's what Jesus said. You can't stay, you can't stay here. And I just know from my own experience when I start looking at me, there's lots of reasons to get anxious. When I start looking at others, (laughs) there's lots of reasons to pour myself out to them. Come on, right? Right, So love wins over our, what was number one? Over our what? Our loss. And love wins over our number two? Fears. Fears. And write this down. Resurrected love wins over our doubts. How does he interact with us today? The resurrected love? How does he interact with us today? Well, let's read it. Just a couple verses on down from where we've been reading, look at this. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. That's important you remember that, uh, all right? Because you remember we read a couple of verses up <laughs> that Jesus came into the room where all the other disciples But Thomas was and said, peace, right? And now Thomas wasn't there when Jesus walked into the room. It specifically says in the verses above that Jesus, while he was talking, showed all the disciples his hands, his feet, the the wound in his side from the spear. He showed that to all the other disciples, I'm just gonna tell you, it makes me mad that Thomas is known as Doubting Thomas. He was not Doubting Thomas, he was Honest Thomas. (laughs) Right? He was just honest. Matter of fact, look at this. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I, I'm not, I'm not going to believe. See, for eight days... At least, I mean, some say seven, but most translations say eight days. For eight days, Thomas had listened to all the other disciples talking about them seeing the resurrected Jesus. They're like, oh yeah, he showed me his hands. While we were talking, he he pulled up and showed me the wound. And for eight days, they've been talking about... They saw the resurrected Jesus. And the whole time, Thomas is going, I didn't see it. Everybody else saw it. Everybody else knows he's he's risen from the dead, but I, I did not see it. Man, how did we get back there? All right. I didn't see it. And then look at this. A week later, this is a week later, after Jesus has appeared to all the others, They were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were, (laughs) they locked them again. It's been eight days. Resurrected Jesus already said peace eight days ago, a week ago, seven days ago, right? I mean, and and they're still locking the door. And Jesus is like, I'm tired of walking through walls, y'all. No, he wasn't tired of it at all. Uh, Jesus, the doors were locked, and Jesus came, and he stood among them, and he said, peace, y'all. Right? Just like before. Then he said to Thomas, can I just tell you, I am convinced that the only reason Jesus came on this day was for Thomas. He had already shown himself to everybody else. But he knew Thomas was struggling. Thomas had heard about the resurrected Jesus, Thomas had seen the empty tomb. But Thomas is just like, man, I want to believe, but I just don't know. And I am convinced that Jesus came that day and he walked in the room and he greeted everybody, said, hey, peace. And and then he looked at Thomas, and he said, Thomas, put your fingers here. See my hands? Reach out your, your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and just, just believe. Don't, don't doubt, just believe. I want you to write this down. Um, I'm going to come back to that. Resurrected love is not offended at my doubts. Jesus did not get on to Thomas. Love resurrected is not offended at my doubts. Matter of fact, I love it. The disciples, (laughs) remember this? They were like, Jesus, I believe, but help me with my unbelief not what they said. I believe but help me with my unbelief. Jesus didn't beat them up for their doubt, for their unbelief. You know, Jesus met again, he walked through the walls to meet Thomas in the middle of his doubt, in the middle of his crisis of faith of is this real? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I know he died. We, I saw us. I mean, we buried him. I just don't know. Is he, is he alive? Is he not? I need you all saw proof. Where's my proof? And love stepped into his doubts and revealed himself. And the very second that love revealed himself, look at what happened. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. He was like, okay, you're no longer rabbi. You're no longer a good teacher, a good man. Now I see you're Lord. You're not just the Lord, you're my Lord and my God. He was changed in an instant when love resurrected, revealed himself. And I get it. Today, there's a lot of places we can have doubts. We can. We doubt ourselves. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I have what it takes. Some may struggle with their identity of who Who am I? Who am I? There's doubt. Is God real? Does God really care? Does God really love? Remember, love is only love if it is what? Expressed. Expressed. Love gives. (laughs) And there is no greater way to give than to lay your life down. The greatest act of love is to be willing to die. Matter of fact. Jesus told them. He said. No greater love is any man than this. That a man lay down his life for his friend. And then he looks at him and says. You're my friends. You're my friends. I'm going to lay my life down for you. There is no one. Listen. I'm, I'm getting ready to wrap this up. There is no one. Who has ever expressed love to you like Jesus? Nobody. I mean, he has already done all that he can do. Do you realize there is nothing else Jesus can do to prove to you that he's real and that he loves you? Because he's already done it. He's already done the greatest sacrifice by giving of himself. He has proven his love for you by coming out of the grave, and then the resurrected love wants to meet you in your loss. Resurrected love. Wants to meet you in your fears and anxiety. Resurrected love. Going to walk through the locked door. To meet with you in the middle of your doubt and question. Because he wants to restore. He wants to bring peace. He wants to answer your doubts. But how many of you know... Love is a gift. Did y'all know that? Oh, do you believe that? Love is a gift. Matter of fact, I have a gift right here. $100. Come get it. It's yours. Come get it. Somebody, come get it. Come get it. It's yours. There you go. It's yours. You're like, I'm staying for second service. Uh, (laughs) I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> because there was doubt, everybody lost but him. Because I could see it on your faces, I was like, here's $100, come get it. Some of you are like, that's not real. <laughs> He's going to want that back right after service. <laughs> right? There's doubt. Some of you are like, well, I really would like that $100, but I'm afraid to get up and look funny. And so you lost. Because of doubt. Because of fears. See, love is a gift. Resurrected love is a gift. (laughs) Resurrected love wants to meet you in your loss. And restore. Resurrected love wants to meet you in your fears and anxiety and bring peace and joy and the Holy Spirit. Resurrected love wants to meet you in the middle of your doubt and bring answers. But he can't do it unless you receive him as a gift. He wants to. But you gotta receive him. You gotta say, I I'm I'm willing to, I want that. I want that. I wonder if you'd just bow your heads right where you are. And I wonder who in the room is willing to be like Thomas and go, you know what? You went from rabbi, just a good man, I'm going to make you Lord. I'm going to make you my God. Not just some religious thing, not just some prayer that I pray, but but I'm going to make you Lord. I'm going to make you God. I wonder, is there anybody in the room right now that you would just say, you know what? I've never really met the resurrected Jesus. I've never met that kind of love. But I want it. I want Him to come into my life. I I, I really want to surrender myself, my sin, my brokenness to Him. And I need Him to come into my life and make me brand new from the inside out. That's my desire. If that's you, right where you are, just say, Jesus Thank you For dying on a cross And coming out of a grave For me For my loss For my fear For my doubts You've won And I accept Your forgiveness Make me brand new from the inside out. Forgive me. Maybe there's some in the room that you've walked with Him for a long time. And I want you to take just a moment and I want you to think about is there loss that you've never really given to Him? That you've never let Him meet you in your loss? Invite him there right now. Just say, Jesus, I give you permission to come into that place where there's been loss.